Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. This episode features one of three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island where it has broadcast continuously for over 15 years. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at tracyhotchnerpets.com. This show would not be possible without the longtime support of Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food, remaining privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards. This show is also made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their kitties. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival of which I am the founder and director along with the annual New York Dog Film Festival, which premiere in New York City every October and then travel the USA and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. Go to dogfilmfestival.com and catfilmfestival.com to find out when we'll be where. You guys have the pleasure to share with me of having Dr. Ryan Yamka back here. He is really one of the guiding lights in the pet food industry. On the one hand, people think of him as a guiding light. He's brilliant. He's knowledgeable. He never equivocates about facts and his conclusions about foods and how they're made and why they're made that way and what's in them. On the other hand, he's a pretty big annoyance to companies that are trying to get away with uh, getting away with nonsense, to put it nicely. He won the 2020 Rogue Pet Science Pet Industry Disruptor Award. And I say that because we really need more disruptors in this world. Ryan, one of the topics that came up when you were at a nutrition panel recently at a pen industry event that I was at was the topic of DCM. Now, I looked back in my notes, and in 2019, when the FDA first put out a title to an article or a press release that clearly made no sense to anybody with at least, you know, most of their brain functioning, which is that grain-free foods were causing heart disease in dogs called DCM, dilated cardiomyopathy. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the DCM stood for. It made no sense. How could replacing wheat, barley, and corn in a food with peas and lentils, which are also called pulses, how could that cause a heart problem? Heart problems don't come from the diet in that way. So unfortunately, it's almost 2024. By the time people hear this, it will be 2024. So we're talking, I mean, five years later, we're ta- we're, we still have veterinarians, one in particular who's 
a woman who owned a pet food store in, I want to say Arizona, but I could have it wrong, said that the local vet, it was a smallish area, there was only one local vet, had told his clients that she, the pet store owner, was killing dogs by continuing to sell grain-free foods. Now, grain-free foods are the more expensive, generally speaking. Fancier foods sometimes looked down upon and called boutique foods, as a, a boutique is a bad thing. I don't know. Maybe it is a bad thing. But where foods are concerned, foods can't be boutique. They're either made of really good ingredients or very different ingredients or t- cheesy ingredients because they can't, can't keep the price too high in order for people to buy it. This DCM issue hasn't gone away, even though the FDA on two occasions in the ensuing four years has put out a statement not covered by the pet industry, not made a big fuss about saying, hey, we didn't mean it was the foods that caused it. Sorry, 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 didn't mean to say that at all. What we meant was that could have, might have, could have been the reason, but it turns out it wasn't, okay? It had to do with the breeds of the dogs or some other underlying problem. And anyway, we don't really know what causes DCM, but sorry, our bad. It wasn't the food. Why is this idea still alive, Ryan? Why is why are there doctors, certified veterinarians, not only still believing it, but threatening people by saying, if you feed that instead of a so-called traditional food based on grains, grain inclusive, you're going to kill your dog? How can how can this still be happening? What is the boogeyman here? What is the witch hunt? I don't get it. Yeah, you know, it's 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 sad, honestly, and and not to you know say one group worse than the other. In this case, the retailers or the vets. I think this became a lightning rod between the two groups. Um, part of it is um, right. The, the the one thing I always tell people is know what you're feeding to your to your dog or cat um, by asking, you know, the basic questions, who formulated your food? Do they analyze what's their typical nutrient analysis? So, you know, they're analyzing for what they're making. Um, What's the digestibility of the food uh, from bioavailability standpoint? Uh, Is the facility third party food safety certified, right? How many times have we seen people have recalls that, you know, the FDA says, hey, you gave me a nice standard operating procedure telling me what you're going to do to fix it. But technically, you were supposed to be doing that all along. Oh. I usually tell people, ask those four questions. And that's veterinarians or retailers alike, right? And consumers. Because if somebody can't answer that, then you shouldn't be giving them their mon- your money. And you shouldn't be feeding your dog or cat their food. But ha- having said that, um, what this really turned into is oversimplification of a message. Right. Um, when the FDA came out and they said, hey, we would like to start an investigation on, on grain-free foods, um, it, it obviously became a lightning rod. Um, and then when they put out the graph that they put out, um, people immediately thought that was a grain-free graph. It wasn't. Um, and again, you know, I worked for Blue Buffalo back in the day, so I looked at their foods because I know what their foods are. Um, I was there for the development of most of them. And you could tell 20, 25% of them were grain-based and the rest of them was grain-free. So that wasn't even a grain-free graph. But what happened was popular press took a simple message um, and a bunch of people took that simple message and they weaponized mm-hmm. the term grain-free. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and even the FDA, when they did their re- release, I forget, in 2021, 
even said they, that they chose the wrong terminology and they didn't realize it's going to be weaponized. So that isn't even my word. I'd like to say it is, but it's not. Um, but unfortunately, what's happened through that is being that, that you had that initial splash in the water, anything that came in and showed, hey, it didn't show a, re- a relation or it was association or whatever, that all got not looked at, right? And so what do I mean by it? It didn't get catchy headlines. Right. Um, BSM Partners actually did a real good study reviewing grain free sales um, from, you know, 2000 to 2019. Uh, They saw uh, when they were reviewing the market data that grain free sales increased from 2001 to 2019, you know, 500% increase. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. And through that time, working with veterinarians and cardiologists. They reviewed all cardiology cases and papers and stuff with referral hospitals and and all through there. And yet um, that DCM incidents did not go up. Um, And so what do I mean by that? Well, you know what, if if peas were causing it, peas jumped up that much in sales, well, then you should see a linear increase, right? Just by default. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and you didn't. And, and, and consequently, there's been other studies that come out where they've done even, hey, a low protein and a high protein grain free food versus a low protein and a high protein grain based food. And they see, hey, look, they're just as digestible, similar microbe things going on. So, hey, not a problem. You've had others that have said, up to, I want to say, 45% legumes uh, for a long period of time, didn't see an issue. And yet you have all these studies showing and wanting to look for stuff, right, and try to help find the cause, and they're not finding anything. Uh, but yet they didn't hear the press, and nobody's taking the time, right? Why, why is anybody going to take the time to go re-educate? Because it, it's a complex disease, right? Um, when, when Kaplan, uh, the first study that everybody talks about in 2018 came out December-ish, um, when she published her paper, a lot of people missed the fact that a handful of those dogs, yes, their diets were switched, but they were switched to grain-free foods. I know. Re- <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to laugh because right I don't want people's right? dogs to have dilated cardiomyopathy or die of it. But yeah. it was one of those things like, yeah, we'd never, it was never intended to show that those foods has some sort of a neon sign flashing as being re- correlated with the DCM. In fact, the fact of whether dogs were even obese or not wasn't mentioned. So what do we know about heart disease kind of generally in a kind of layman's terms, not a board-certified cardiologist, be it human or animal? If you're really fat, if your dog is really fat, that's probably not good for their heart. How about that? But that was never even well, looked at. Well, they, they, they concluded in their paper, and rightfully so, um, and by the way, they actually had to correct uh, their paper because one of the foods that got taken off of was a grain-based food. Um, but they, they came to the right conclusion. It was multifactorial, yes. um, right? And, and, they, and they simply don't know. Um, after all the years that the FDA has investigated and they finally did their final press release or whatever, they came back and said, hey, it's multifactorial and, and it's, you know, there's no cause and effect. Um, in, in fact, um, one of the papers that was published about three years ago 
Um, you know, I, I wrote an expression of concern, as did other veterinarians and, and other academics as well, um, for the golden retriever, uh, the plasma and whole taurine reference range study. Um, and after three years of, you know, quote unquote investigation, um, the editorial and board member and the statistics. The, the statistician that reviewed the data pretty much said you can't draw the conclusion of cause and effect and made them issue a correction to their paper as of, um, I want to say this past month. Um, so it literally took three, three years for them to do that. And part of um, the issues that they went into from a statistics standpoint is, you know, there was substantial variability amongst individuals in the control group. Right. Never mind the control group versus, you know, the, right. the in this case, traditional versus non-traditional. Right. There's so much variation within the the, the control group. Um, and, and, you know, they didn't address any of those types of things in their study design. Um, and so, you know, the academic editor and um, reviewer said, hey, uh, they had concern for the study design. Um you know, and it cannot be adequately addressed with a statement regarding study limitations, right? And it's funny that we talked about study limitations because it was pretty long in that paper. But nonetheless, they made them change their conclusion from a cause and effect to an association, which one could argue is it even in that in that paper. And then also they called out, which you know I didn't call out at the time, somebody else did, um, that hey, by the way, soy's lagoons. Why wasn't soy looked at separately? Right. Um, as part of that correction. They looked at peas and lentils and not soy. And the farmers who had planted hundreds of thousands of acres of these legumes, because the pet industry wanted them, required them, had, had orders in for them, they went belly up. Some of the companies that were making these grain-free foods, which is what many of us between the year 2000 and 2019 were looking for because we learned how to read ingredient stacks, and we knew that some of these other ingredients in a grain-free diet were preferable, higher quality, and therefore we were getting something more for our money by our own choice, suddenly we're made to feel that we somehow made a bad decision. Really, the companies that were making so-called traditional foods, which many veterinarians turned back to out of a kind of knee-jerk concern or fear, those companies had, in the meantime, bought up some of these so-called boutique brands. It's so crazy. They had bought them. But on the other hand, they were kind of kicking their butt on the shelf. So now this worked out really nicely for them. So they kind of had taken the competition, the grain-free, fancier foods. I'm going to say fancy because I don't know what boutique even means off the shelf or pushed it aside. And now they were doing, they were talking out of both sides of their mouth. We are going to share this show with the woman who owns the pet store that has been put in this terribly uncomfortable, awkward position of being told by the local vet, who I hope will take 15 minutes and listen to this and maybe wake up and use his own brain a little more aggressively, that you should feed your dog the most well-made food you can afford. And affordability is a big part of it. But, I, you know, in conclusion, I want to say, Ryan, I've been studying dogs a really long time. You have too. I'd never heard of DCM being a problem. I don't know how many people's dogs have dilated cardiomyopathy, but it's not an epidemic. It's not killing thousands or hundreds of thousands of dogs. 
random bunches of dogs have it, some breeds more than others, and maybe there's other factors that have not yet been discovered. But this wasn't like the number of dogs who get cancer, and yet this was made to seem like the thing you had to stop doing and go back to doing something you hadn't done since the 1990s, which was feed foods with what for a long time were considered bad ingredients like wheat, right, and other grains, which really weren't that bad, but they were made to seem bad for decades. And the, the funny thing about all this is I, um, I, I was a guest speaker at, at Veterinary Meeting Expo in, in 2020, right before the COVID shutdown, talking about literally this topic. Um, but a lot of people have claimed that I am pro-grain-free. Um, I'm not. I'm not pro-anything. I'm, I'm pro-educating. Yes. So people can make the right decisions. And and. People, people will snicker at that, but actually, um, with my debunked myths and misconceptions articles that I wrote for Pet Food Industry magazine, um, back in August of 2017, um, literally, uh, the, the topic for dogs is that I wrote was why grain free pet food isn't better and carbs are good. And I literally talk about very funny. They're, they're no different, right? Mm -hmm, And this mm -hmm. is a good, good year plus ahead of. Um, the whole DCM debacle. Um, and again, it comes down to, you know, what I said earlier. It's like, you, you got to know what you're feeding your, your, your dog. If the, if the company doesn't do their homework and validate their foods before it hits the marketplace, you shouldn't be feeding them to your dog or your cat. Uh, for that matter. That's a pretty simple one. And so I just want to repeat your really good catchphrase, educate, don't advocate. We're really not advocating for any brand or against any brand or even against any category. We're saying you got to take some responsibility yourself for the choices you make for your animals. So we hope you'll do that. We hope you will question authority at all times because Ryan and I are of an, ed- of a, of an era me preceding him age-wise, but still of an era we say question authority. Don't believe everything you see or hear. Do a little do a little brain work of your own, like Ryan Yamka does for all of us all the time. Ryan, thank you on behalf of me and all the animals eating whatever foods are out there. We hope the, the ones that are best for those pets at that time in their life. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the show. There were a few more special companies that make this show possible, and I hope you'll try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. This show is supported by Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative dog chew, No Hide, and the hybrid dry food, Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky Weimaraner Maisie will eat. The show is also brought to you in part by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human edible, ethically sourced ingredients to gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and answer to their own high standards without interference from venture capital investors. My dogs love it every single day.